0: Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast, your source for the latest information about your Army Black Knights, with your host, Sal Interdonato. Hey, what's up, Black Knight Nation? We're back with another old grads podcast. My uh, co-host, Steve Anderson, is looking to get on later on in the show. But first, we'd like to welcome Justin Schaff former Army uh, defensive lineman, linebacker, right, during your time, Justin? Um, oh, yeah. Athletes.
1: Yep, uh, the old double-eagle flex, uh, band, whip-bandit uh, position, yep.
0: There you go, there you go. We're going to talk about Justin's career as an Army football player, his time serving our country, and now he's involved with the Atlanta Falcons organization as a scout for the Falcons. Um, first off, if you want to uh, follow us on the – Podcast platforms. We're just about everywhere on in the podcasting world. You can give us a, a, a subscribe, you can rate, you can review our podcast, and we also post these podcasts on YouTube Live and uh, Periscope Live. So uh Justin, uh thanks again for joining us. Um, you know, remembering um the time that you had at West Point as a football player, you know, your what your junior year, you go to the bowl game in the armed forces. Bowl game and win and then your senior year you you had you had a great core you talked about like the Steve Erzinger's and the Andrew Rodriguez's of the world in the linebacking core uh, you're a guy who really um from what I remember covering the team you're a guy who really kind of had worked your way up right from from the from the maybe a, a scout team role maybe to to get the opportunity to play on the field just talk about your your beginnings of your army career and how you had to work for almost everything you got as a football player there. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, um, you, know, you know. First, thanks, Sal, for having me on the show. Um, great to uh, great to be on here as a guest, especially with um, the lineup you guys have had. Um, I'm certainly on the low end of <laughs> of all, all the greats you've had on, but it's it's a true honor to be here. And yeah, my my journey. I was um, I was a prepster, uh, and every bit of your I shouldn't say typical academy football player, but um, you know, under not not tall enough, not fast enough, uh, not strong enough. Uh, but uh was uh found a home in the linebacking core, uh play at the prep school and um really just made a living on special teams. Uh would have been my sophomore year, um, kind of found myself as a four core uh special teams guy uh and just made my way playing through all those sophomore, junior, and uh senior year. Um, and uh, just had had the privilege of playing alongside Steve Anderson, uh, Steve Erzinger, Josh McNary, uh, and you know, being in the same position group as uh, Andrew Rodriguez. So uh, it was a lot of fun, and um, yeah, gosh, that it's probably my journey uh, if I could best describe it.
0: I remember just the energy you brought to the field when you played. I mean, I, I think I recall my memory banks like you making a tackle and just like kind of pumping it up, and I mean, just. What was it, playing at Mikey Stadium? I mean, some people take that for granted, but what was it like to you know get out there in a historic stadium like that and play for you? Know, you're representing you're representing the country.
1: Yeah, no, I dream come true, and uh, I I had a lot of energy, uh, <laughs> probably a lot all pent up there when you're only getting a couple snaps to go out there and and leave it on the field. Um, and yeah, playing in Mikey Stadium, historic historic, um, environment, uh, backdrop, like it's something still to this day, uh, you, you sit back and reflect on, um, just how special it truly was with the, with the core and, um, just a, a faithful singing on brave old army team and <laughs> another first down army. Like you just, you, you, never forget it. Um, it's, it's a truly special place and, uh, type of thing. I, you know, often think back and think of guys now probably going through the recruiting process. Like there's, there's no more sacred hollow ground, uh, you know, than Blakefield and, you know, Mikey stadium.
0: How did it start for you recruiting wise? How did you have an interest to serve or how did the army kind of find you, so to speak?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And definitely a um, fun part of like what I articulate is like my life's journey in that um, I was a dreamer. Uh, gosh, that that kid who is writing out his goals, writing out his dreams—that you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go play at Notre Dame, and I'm gonna go win a Heisman Trophy, and I'm gonna be the number one overall draft pick—and um, bless my parents in terms of the background I was brought up and the home life where they were so supportive and uh, build me up—and I'll never forget this one. My my father told me in his infinite wisdom that. You know, Justin, I hope all your dreams come true, and I want to be supportive of it uh, until the cows come home. But um, even if they do all come true, uh this is showing a little bit my age here, um, <laughs> that even Dan Marino can't play, couldn't play football forever. <laughs> and um, football is going to come to an end. And what is going to be next for you when football is done? And that might have been also a subtle message of saying, like, you're five foot nine and you know, you're not going to get many, many other big uh, schools calling you that reach a lot of those goals. But even aside from that, it was a real aha moment of like no better place to go play division one football. I uh, get a free education, a world premier education. And Oh, by the way, have a guaranteed job when it was all said and done <laughs> serving in the United States army. So um, in, in that practical sense uh, and, and, you know, value set of selfless service and uh, humility of being behind a cause and a purpose to put others before yourself uh, was really an attractive piece to say. Yeah, let's um, let's go to uh, the banks of the Hudson and play football for the Black Knights.
0: Was it a matter of you reaching out back then and sending in film, or how did they kind of how did they kind of get how did they find you, so to speak? Yeah, that's
1: that's that's a fun one. Um, so I had. Played. At, I'm, I'm an Erie, Pennsylvania native and had a um, pretty good early high school career. Um, but uh, as a sophomore, was getting some attention um, from schools in the area, um, University of Buffalo, Ohio University, um, even Pitt, West Virginia and Ohio State were taking interest. like, you know, this, this kid's flying all over the field. Probably thought I was going to grow a little bit more, too. <laughs> but um then my junior year, I broke my femur. And, um, when the largest bone in the human body snaps and you can't play an entire season, uh, in the most pivotal year in recruiting your junior year, uh, you just kind of fall through the cracks. So, um, was able to come back and play my senior year and, um, which reinitiated contact with all those schools. And frankly, Sal, every school, you just started pushing it out to, to all of them. And, uh, uh fortunately you know army was um taking an interest saying okay this is seems like our kind of guy um and if anything we've got pretty unlimited (laughs) amount of folks we can bring in here so uh let's um let's give this guy in here and see what he's got so there we are in fort monmouth in 2007 and uh what throw my hat up in the air may of
0: 2012. nice but before that what have you had watched army at all did you know anything about West Point before you got you know into it
1: I was I was familiar with it um, we had a I had a I want to say two family friends that one of my high school teammates actually was a um, was a graduate uh, his high school teammates father was a graduate and um, we had a family friend who's uh, gosh this is, this is funny his um what who, who I took to the proms? Older brother um, was a was a grad, so uh, I, I I was familiar with West Point, knew knew about it, um, and it just was crazy to think that there was an opportunity to play football there, which is at the end of the day what really made my heart beat.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And then you, you so you have your playing career, right? And when you're done, when you graduate West Point, your football time is not over yet because you were you were a prep school. You coached at the prep school or no?
1: I did, yes. So, um, yeah, immensely rewarding to kind of give back uh to where it all started.
0: Yeah, I mean, is that kind of your first kind of introduction into like, you know, coaching and like just looking at like football from a different perspective so to speak than obviously the playing, the playing date, the playing days.
1: Yeah, and it was uh something I was just so thankful to have the opportunity for and grateful because um yeah you know i I just got to start owning the story a little bit more it didn't make me the most popular guy when i was walking around west point right but um you know i've come to kind of appreciate and accept that that i talked about my father's influence in regards to seeing clearly and making a decision but let's also look at that decision was made on a football basis (laughs) to get to get an opportunity to play some more um college football and uh, it's what made my heart beat, and it's what always, um, you know, I, I found immensely important. So uh, to get an opportunity then, arguably one of my favorite, if not my most favorite assignment in the military to then coach football, um, you know, at the place where it all started and a point in the journey as well, when you're really uh, weighing a lot of options of, you know, hey, I've got this year that didn't charge my eligibility, like, I produce some more tape. Can I go somewhere else? Um and one of the best decisions I've made, you know, um, outside, you know, of, of my soulmate in <laughs> in and, and, and frankly her feeling sorry enough for me to marry me, but um like uh honest to goodness, Sal, like making the election then to go to West Point and you know, finish the journey uh is is something I'm I'm so thankful for and to have that opportunity to give back to Connect candidates, what was in the blink of an eye five years ago for me at the time uh, was immensely rewarding.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, so after uh, after you leave Army Prep, now you have a uh, – your military career last – six years you you served, right? I mean – Yeah. What, what was that like to transition into an officer after, you know, having that time at the academy and then maybe have, you know, a little bit more, you know, that extra six months, so to speak, as an Army Prep coach to, like – you know, slow down that, that, that five months, cause you know, it's five months, uh, five years, sorry, five years is, is the requirement, but you, you went a little extra on that. What was the transition like to becoming an officer?
1: Yeah. And, and this is going to be a bit bold and audacious here, Sal, cause and it's a great question first off, but like um, relatively seamless, meaning like football is in team sports. So, you know, we, we can expand this far and wide, but, Know being biased towards football, it is the ultimate correlation and parallel to the military. So, if you know how to be a part of a team, if you know how to um, lead those around you, uh, like it was in lead with and work with your peers, like (laughs) it's the same thing in the military. So, um, now. To, to offer some semblance of realism. Yes, it was, uh, um, not getting a chance to be around ball all the time, which was, you know, something you miss, but, um, you just treat it like a football team. Your, uh, your platoon is your, is your defensive unit, your offensive unit your company is your team. Um, like you're just, you're part of something that's, um, very similar. And, uh, it was something that I was like, hey, this is this has got some likeness, so why not uh, keep rocking and rolling here with this military thing? So, um, yeah, uh, it's a long roundabout way. Like, it, it had its differences, but in all actuality, it's treated like you know going to a different football team. That's all.
0: Yeah, Steve mentions this a lot, where he's stationed right now. He, he says that it, he's around centers, like Ryan Polis is where he's stationed, Bryce Holland is where he's stationed, and also Zach Peterson, I believe, Is around that area. So, I mean, did you, when, while you were serving, did you have your times where you would bump into maybe ex teammates or ex football players during your time serving and helping you, you know, maybe accomplish a goal or a mission, so to speak, that was involving your military service?
1: Oh, without a doubt. What was, what was fun kind of, I wouldn't say like my area was on the tail end. There was actually um, a big group that was starting to, I should say, infiltrate, but find um, themselves in the Ranger Regiment and like it was turned into this fun, like army football um, experience. So like the, the Brad Kelly's, the Andrew Rodriguez's, the Austin bars, um, you know, the Max Jenkins for I, uh, like it was, fun. I was at Fort Benning. So like they would be coming through uh, for RASP and they'd be, uh, <laughs> you know, hanging out with Justin at Fort Benning. And it was a blast. Like you would, you would love that. And then they were, at Savannah, and um, you know, uh, you know, for the guys that were in one seventy-five, so um, you were having similar experiences, different, but you were having shared experiences that uh, you could lean on one another and support, and um, you know, know that you'll always be teammates, and it's always one of those fun things, I think, for folks from the outside seeing like these guys just. Uh, they're like they truly brothers. Like they, they are brothers. And um it's the the cliche and um gosh, you know, I employed by a franchise that coined itself around it, but like there is something to be said about a true meaning of brotherhood, and that is something the Army football uh team has and lives out fully. Like, gosh, you know, Steve's not with us right now, but it's Steve that's reaching out saying, Hey, like, come on this show. It's like yeah brother like and you mean it when you say it yeah. um, so it's it's cool i'm uh rambling a little bit now but uh the, the brotherhood is something that's that's really strong and powerful
0: yeah i think it's something that unless you truly go through it because people uh you know you, you see it a lot in recruiting too that the the brotherhood's message is getting out there to on the recruiting side where maybe they these kids these um high school seniors have a chance to Maybe have a conversation with a, a former football player or a current football player, and they realize how strong. I heard one kid from California that I talked to who committed. He said he heard Coach Saturnio, the special teams coach, talk so much about the brotherhood. He just, it was something that he wanted to be a part of, you know, because of the different examples of it and not being inside, you know, the locker room. I'm not privy to the, the, the specific examples, but it's got to be like, you just put, I mean, you're playing for the love of the game, right? You're playing for the love of the game while you're while you're going through a, a pretty rigorous right education at West Point and, and training too. And you need some support sometimes to get you through those tough days, right? I mean you need you need that brotherhood to get you through some of those tough days. So
1: no doubt. Yeah. You are it's it's military ads, football that you're only the strongest person you're left and your right. And if you don't have anybody you're left and your right, um like how do you get through anything? Like And that's that's what, and that's getting really philosophical. But you know, football, particularly, uh, that's its bedrock and that's its foundation, and that's what makes the Army football experience uh, truly special.
0: If you guys are watching live here on uh, Twitter or YouTube, and you'd like to post a comment or question, uh, we'll entertain those. Um, We're here with Justin Schaff. He is a scout for the Falcons. He's a former Army defensive end linebacker uh, 2012 West Point grad um, now um, Justin talk to us about I mean I guess your military career comes to an end and then how do you end up starting this uh, NFL journey so to speak
1: yeah so um, what military uh, I'll, I'll never I'll never forget it Sal like I was um, you know I talked about the transition into the military and uh, you know I, I jumped right in got after it. Um, you know, tried to do the cool guy stuff, you know, graduated airborne school, ranger school. Um, you know, went to the maneuver captain's career course as a field artillery officer. Like I was thinking, all right, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this out and I'm gonna get this thing rocking and rolling, um, you know, into a career with the intention to at some point get back to football. Yeah, you know, we start this conversation and the journey as to um you know what led me to football is, excuse me, what led me to West Point, right, is loving football an opportunity to play more football. And, you know, ultimately, uh, excuse me, falling in love then with the military, figuring out, okay, how, how can we have a experience to get back there? Um, and uh, thinking, okay, right, it's, and all the guys that have had a command and, and served right now, okay, hey, you're starting to figure out, okay, how do I, you know, what's my years left in the queue to get command and then switch here to get this KD responsibility? And I'm kind of going through all that wicked as I'm deployed in Iraq. Um, I'll never forget it, Sal. It's January uh, 2017. And I'm in the DFAC, uh, inner beal Iraq, but does come across the screen as a ticker. Uh, ESPN uh, announces that Los Angeles Rams hire 30-year-old head coach Sean McVeigh. And Sal, I had just turned 28 years old. And it was one of those aha moments of uh, what, like the time is now, because the industry, whether you like it or not, you got to start at the bottom and you got to work your way up. Just it's like military, you don't get just get pinned on as a general. Like you're, you're um, you know, in the officer and you're going to be a second lieutenant before you become a first captain, etc. cetera. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, like, this is, this is the time to go. Um, Cause if you, if you wait, if you go, Command eight years or ten years to get the GI bill to transfer over, then twenty years in a career, like you're gonna be an old fart. And <laughs> like, and, and oh, no, that's for all the listeners around. That's not to say that you're old if you're in your forties or your fifties, but in an NFL years, starting at the bottom, they're not going to um, be able to bring in. And how are you ever going to rationalize coming in um, at the bottom, making pennies uh, when? You've in most cases been married, family, and had a you know successful officer career. So, all that stuff aside, it was a decision of okay, how do I um, how do I best figure this out? And it's the old uh, fifty cups of coffee uh, play in um, you know folks that are putting out there for the military transition. And one of the best things going in the Department of Defense, and this would be my public service announcement, is the DoD Skills Bridge Program. I'll say it one more time: the DoD Skills Bridge Program. The Army particularly has what's called the, it's, its version of is the Army Career Skills Program. And that, Sal, was kind of my, uh, if you will, Willy Wonka golden ticket. And um, what I was able to more or less offer to teams, if you will, uh, as you're knocking on every door, uh, trying anything under the sun to grab their attention, is the Department of Defense, specifically the Army and their Career Skills Program, will allow you to do an internship with any organization. So this is far reaching and wide. Um, It's not narrowly tailored to any sector, an opportunity to do an internship for four months free of charge to the organization. And um, I was free hire um, in a time period that as I mapped it out, January, 2018 to, um, and I took it out to April or May, can't remember the exact months but i uh, i can go get the coffee i can go pick up the, the uh, copies off the coffee machine i can go make the port runs to pick up a draft prospect um when they need an extra set of hands they can exercise a veteran initiative and they don't have to pay a cent because i am um free hire now i'm not finished because i love this in terms of being one of the few things i've come across where it's win-win for everybody so this not only wins for the transitioning soldier because they get an opportunity to get some experience under their belt and have something on their resume that's a little bit more recognizable than, um, trying to read through what is a kinetic strike? What is, um, what is a mortep, all these things that, um, we have on our resumes that, uh, civilian folks or, you know, in private sector just won't know anything about. Now you can actually put something recognizable, Um, if you're working at 3M or you're working at Canon or Mercedes or SoFi, um, like you've got some sort of experience there, uh, which is a good hedge to be able to get yourself a chance for better employment. Once you're get actual employment, when you're out, secondly, to the department of defense, what's the commander most important, but what's the commander most um, concerned about and what's most important readiness by this individual being in the department, being in the DOD skills program, um, my memory serves right there, classified as quad nine, um, which more or less excess in transition. So they don't count against their books in their head count, so they can make the request up to HRC to get the backfill uh, in their formation. Um, and last but not least, the employer more or less gets a chance to exercise a veteran initiative, doesn't cost them a cent, they can try before they buy it. Um, so this is a long, long winded, Pump up for the department, the uh, DoD Skills bridge program and the Army Career Skills program because I think more folks got to take advantage of it. And long story short, it was a way to get the Falcons to um, be interested, bring me in, and then uh, they felt sorry enough for me to keep me on full time. So, so here we are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So at the beginning, man, what are some of the? You mentioned some of the things. What are some of the things that you're kind of volunteering yourself to do just to you know start that 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 rapport and start getting your name you know, just notice, so to speak.
1: Oh, so th- this is a fun one. Excellent another great question, Sal. This is the pump up of the West Point Network. And this would be uh, if there's any recruits like listening to this, this is why it's not uh, only reason why, but the network of the academies is incredible. And um, another public service announcement, I always give credit where credit's due uh, specifically to the Commit Foundation. Um, where um, if we rewind to my knowledge of West Point, um, the (laughs) uh, gal I took to the prom whose older brother is a grad, his wife runs a foundation called the Commit Foundation and um, made it It's small audience, mostly for the secret squirrel community. And they were nice enough to let a junior military out and they're mostly career So they were nice enough to career transitioning military officers um, and enlisted. Uh, They were nice enough to let a junior military officer come in and uh, um, be a part of the program. And they were having a transitioning veterans workshop in Atlanta. And um, lo and behold, the individual who was uh, giving the fireside chat to about a group of 20 um, was the CEO of Arthur M. Blank Sports and Entertainment, 1986 West Point grad, Steve Cannon. And um, with Steve's presence there, uh, he's interfacing with literally everybody. And um, by that interaction of more or less proposing the DOD skills bridge program and saying, I'll do anything. Like, I understand how this, I've never served, I've never been in the NFL, but conceptually, I understand from the outside you start at the bottom and work your way up. Um, If, I can start at the bottom as an intern for free. I'll do all the grunt work and I will prove my value to somehow find a home. And uh, he's like, you know what? I I don't know what you know I can do necessarily on the business side, but at least I can do is just push it on over to uh, Thomas Dimitrov, our GM, and see what he can do. And it's out of the rest of his history.
0: Yeah. It's it's crazy, right? You, there is a, a strong West Point connection with the Falcons, right, where yourself – with uh, with uh, Bob Sutton and Ben Cautuica, there was that strong. So uh, you you were talking about off camera. You were talking about what it was like, kind of to be like the, the to be a part of those to wear the same Falcons emblem with in the in the same um, offices and um, as a uh, Bob Sutton and, and Ben Cautuica, right?
1: Oh gosh, Sal. Yeah, that. Um, there's been a lot of joys. Um, being with the Falcons and serving with this organization, uh, but having those two as teammates uh, and working alongside, like it's still even weird to say that because of having, when I played looking up to them, like Ben Katwika, a legend, Um, Bob Sutton, the, uh, the all time great army football coach, like, you know, getting a chance to talk with these guys on a day-to-day basis, be in meetings out there on the grass with them, like, um uh, like i said just a pure joy and uh it's so immensely um you know rewarding to like and honored like i can't even find the words like it's it's still something I think about I'm like this is crazy like i'm i'm uh i'm with these guys it's really cool,
0: yeah so after the the whole internship what what's your next step up the ladder so to speak where what what do you do after that
1: yeah so i was um So after that, you know, so as the internship was going, it was a, um, a very, uh, very cool experience. I, um, was able to help in a lot of different areas. So I would be assigned kind of some projects in the scouting department. I'd be, um, assigned some projects in the, uh, football administration, football operations like cap and contracts, uh salary cap type stuff. And then, you know, some of our football technologies, analytics, uh, projects, and the general manager at the time, Thomas Dimitrov would be kind of asking my feedback on, you know, what it was I was experiencing through the course of these um, projects with the different departments. And um, I recognized this phenomenon, Sal, like that uh, every time someone would knock on the door of the general manager, his hairs would stand up on his arms. (laughs) Like you you could see it, you could feel it. Um, And uh, I was just doing this triangulation. Like he's got an executive assistant and um, I kind of equate that. He's got an aide to camp, just like the military. And he had a director of football operations. So I'm like, okay, that's an S3. So like the ops were being synced and um, he's got the aide to camp. And I'm like, where the heck is the XL? Where's the chief of staff? like synchronizing these administrative and operational elements to give him the time and space to be the strategic leader. And, um, you know, I more or less just kind of gave him that feedback. And I said, like, I I, I'm telling you, TD, like if, if you had that function or at least something to, uh, better synchronize that for you, uh, you know, you'd have that time and space and your arm, the hairs in your arms wouldn't be standing up. And I said, like, they're, there's standing things all over the place in Silicon Valley, um, cor- you know, in uh Wall Street, uh Scott Military Heritage, the chief of staff. And um just kind of left it at that. And he's like, Oh my gosh, I wanted that yesterday, and you're gonna be the guy. <laughs> so um for uh literally um you know an entire season, uh went off kind of kicking off a chief of staff construct uh to him. Um and the organization and I'd say like as it was something that was different doesn't really have much of a uh, place in a football operation. It's starting to have a life in the uh coaching side. You know, we've got um Clayton Kendricks Holmes, right? For uh Coach Munkin and a lot of other staffs have got this um military or not military, but the chief of staff embedded in their um model, but uh the football operation didn't have it. Um took a little bit of time getting used to uh and i'd say it, it may not have gotten the full win behind it but it was a lot of special projects a lot of research and development and you know, who are you kidding you're getting a chance to be the right hand man um and in close proximity to a general manager to where you see behind the curtain you understand how the system works and um really come to appreciate and better grasp what a football operation is in the nfl so uh it was great it was uh, that, that was that was how it uh how it started and now we're into year three, Um, got a chance to double dip, did a uh, pro scouting deal um, through our free agency and draft period. uh, And then this summer made the all uh, coveted COVID-19 buzzword of a pivot to um, uh, being a college scout. So uh, um, I am responsible for the mid-Atlantic area where uh, my states include South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, and Pennsylvania.
0: Wow, wow! I was going to ask you about that right now. What, what's that like to be a college scout during a pandemic where there are no, there are no, there's no senior bowls anymore, right? There's no senior showcases anymore to really watch, and there's really is everything via like a Zoom. Is everything because you can't even go to like a campus and. Um, I don't know if there'll be pro days in the, in the next couple of months, who knows, right? We just don't, I mean, maybe down South, there might be, but up East, who knows, you know, what, what's that been like for you?
1: Yeah. Um, a great question. Like it's, you just, it's taken a lot of, it's been fun to take a lot of your military training and background and just be adaptable, be agile, um, you know, to whatever comes, comes our way. because. Like it has been nothing that we've ever uh, seen or expected. And that's, that's across landscape. So I'm saying the obvious now, but uh, it's been a lot of zoom calls uh, to answer your question. Um, the practices we've only been able to go to practices that a team is hosting a practice in their stadium. Um, the NFL and the college relations have just not wanted to keep us into uh close proximity, uh, keep folks safe and, um, but we've been allowed to attend games. Uh, and that's really been our only, you know, on the road work um, this year. So a lot of the in-person evaluation, a lot of that, those data points, um, you know, we we haven't got as much as we traditionally have, uh, you know, and gosh, there's so much gold that comes from those practices, you know, especially when they're, they're live and they're going against one another. So um, that's been hard, but the, the information gathering, um, you know, in its own way has been unique because we're, we're getting a chance to all, I think from the college's standpoint, they probably like it because now they can get all of us in the room at one time and yeah. they to be, you know, having their, um, you know, regular day where, uh, gosh, the, you got a Falcon scout coming through on Tuesday then you've got a, um, saint scout coming through on wednesday and then a raven scout on friday <laughs> you know you, you can't just like okay here's the dump um you know the, the liaison strength coach they're probably thinking like all right this is great i can spend more t- less time to deal with the scouts which we try not to be too too much for a nuisance thing we love the relationship but yeah it's uh it's been a, a fun year in COVID.
0: It must be as a former Army football player to see uh, the the number of Army football players in the NFL kind of rise over the last couple of years. Right. To see that, you know, Ali's been a staple for the Steelers. And now to see guys like Cole Christensen, Elijah Riley and, you know, and Brett Toth get their chance. Right. And getting that Army. you You always you know, things have changed military wise when they were allowed to leave to pursue the nfl but now that it's kind of been open to pursue right away you know it's good to see like the, the army football players out in the nfl no doubt right
1: oh my gosh it's it's awesome um and i i always l- love trying to give the kudos and thank yous to those that have like helped along the way and like josh and uh ali are, are guys that that did that you know and that's that's more to the oh, proof in the pudding with the the army football brotherhood like you know, to call up former teammates and say, like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to get in the NFL. I'm, I'm trying to use the career skills program. And I, I kid you not, Sal, like Ali had me to training camp in Latrobe, <laughs> like had me at the same as in college, like he just brought me with one of the guys, like literally brought me into the film room. And I'm sitting there right next to Marquise Pouncey. And like, we're just, we're having a conversation. It's DeCastro. Hey, he introduced me to, you'll love this, introduced me to, to uh, Kevin Colbert. And he's like, hey, uh, hey Kevin, this is Justin Schaff. We, um He wants to have your job one day. <laughs> hey, thanks, thanks big fella this is this is great like but a, but a dream come true um he yeah. gave me a experience i never forget like just sitting there um right outside the dorms and just riffing with mike tomlin stepping to it and i'm like ali like we haven't talked maybe in two or three years and you are just that it's the brotherhood and and what and what you do and like, i can remember josh when i got uh was saying that i was going to get out and try and get in the in the um into the league, like Josh, Ford, someone I I used to know at the Jacks or some contact. I had the Jacks is with the the Jacks at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, like willing to take a call and give me advice. I remember meeting him in Kansas city when, uh, he was the special teams coordinator for the Redskins and they were in town to play. And I was at Fort Riley and I drove over and, um, you know, he sat down with me in the lobby. Like, uh, I can't give enough thanks to the brotherhood and, and what they do. And it's very exciting now seeing to answer your question, the guys that are in the league and playing, And I, I think from a, a recruiting standpoint, like young men should be thinking about like back to words of wisdom from my father. And that like, even if you want to go to the NFL, like you, you can't play football forever, but check it out. You now have an opportunity to go play in the NFL because of, um, you know, what those before you are doing at a high level. So uh, this can give you all the best, all the best of the worlds with a education, a Great uh, football team uh, on Saturdays. Opportunity to play on Sunday, and oh by the way, um, a job to serve in the best team, the Army team, <laughs> the U.S. Army. Thereafter,
0: I remember a couple of years back. I think Ali was uh, like one of the, uh, like a spring game captain, honorary captain, and he brought the Castro with him to the The Castro came with him to the Southwest uh, West. maybe for the first time. So it's great to hear the appreciation not just from you know, from other players in the in the league too right because I'm guessing there is there's a big time appreciation for the academy and what guys are doing like what ali has done and served you know what you have done and served you know I mean there's there's an appreciation there no doubt that holds true through you know the league so to speak
1: oh for sure like um I can uh it's a type of thing uh, I, I can remember Dan Quinn, our former head coach, like saying something once before by like Ben Katwika, And like, there was a, there was a question like, how is he going to handle, um, you know, pressure in maybe some situation. And it was like, the guy has flown age 64 helicopters in Iraq. Like <laughs> he's going to be fine with any sort of, of, of pressure in a football game. And, uh, you know, it's so that that respect it, it runs in coaching ranks, player ranks, obviously, with Ali and what he's done. And, um, you know, it's uh, there, there's a lot to be said about the experience. And um, it's 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 cool to get that respect. But also, you know, it's been rewarding to be able to earn that respect, too, um, you know, because it's certainly something that's not, not handed to you. And, um, you know, guys are going out there and earn their marks and wreck this out. I'm just trying to keep up with them. <laughs>
0: Right, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's it's great catching up with you, Justin. One last question: what's kind of the what's kind of your goal now that you're in the league? You, you this is your third season. Where do you see yourself in the next few years as far as progressing?
1: Yeah, I I'd, um, I I'd love to stay in the space, um, and you know, just and this is such a cliche cop out, but it's but it is the honest to god truth, Sal. So, like I I just want to be able to contribute to a football operation, however I can, and if, if and, and add value. Uh, to, to to help win because um, you know I've, I've got a David Brailsford uh, affection and that might come from my former boss Thomas Dimitrov. He's the team principal for uh, the Ineos Grenadiers cycling team, um, and he talks about marginal gains, right? And the the one uh It's it's really written out. Well, folks on a reading list, um, I highly recommend James Clear's Atomic Habits book. Great read. Um, a little plug in there, but like this, this idea of whatever, wherever we can affect change, wherever we can add value. um, Now even piling on another, another book, like in General McChrystal's team of teams, it's the interdependence where we all have a role. We all have some um, effect to the mission success or failure. And if, if I can be a part of a football operation, Sal, if that's in a, another chief of staff type capacity or, you know, growing through a scouting rank um, I, I, or even a, even a coaching rank, whatever, you know, it's just a matter of uh, really just helping the team win and doing everything possible for an interdisciplinary approach to help those players be as successful as they can on Sunday um, and uh, win championships. I'll use a, a cliche here. Do you feel like you're kind of living the dream right now or now? Ah. Oh. Every day is a blessing, Sal. And uh, I, I more often than not, uh, if I'm ever asked how I'm doing, I'm better, and I deserve. It's 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 that uh, that true, uh, because really I've got so much to be grateful for, and uh, it's what I'm living right now. Heck, I get to talk with you. You kidding me? Oh, absolutely living right. Living the dream. <laughs> we're gonna have to
0: have you back on when Steve can can be here, because we're missing Steve Anderson. Like the, the back and forth that we have with Steve. I mean, come on. I mean, we're missing the.
1: Fitty, Fiddy, right? Fiddy. Oh, Fitty Hollywood. Uh, I, um, I, 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 Hear I tell a good time. story. Oh, although well, there's so many of them. But I, I want to, I want to make sure it shows. I hope other guys have have alluded to similar things. Like I tell them every single time, I am writing a scouting report or doing any sort of evaluation. I am looking at a leadership metric or a leadership bar as to. Um, not even what the standard is, but what is the highest level? What what is the exemplary leader of a football team look like? That is Steve Anderson, to a T, uh, in in regards to what he could be as a motivator, as a um, individual to hold folks accountable, uh, to put an arm around you and tell you he loves you, uh, and knowing through well all of his blood and his heartbeats for ball and football and those teammates to win. Now, you, you, can't, uh, you can't define it any closer to perfection. So uh, Steve is um, an amazing man, and it was an honor uh, and really a something I still put back to the thing. I had a locker next to him for three years, 49 and 50. Um, He's yeah. one of a kind. So. Right. Yeah,
0: just I was happy. Um, just as a side note. Just looking at how Steve's career finished, right? And those you talked about how that senior classes year finished with a ball win, because the year before he you know he had his season cut down to injury. So he it, it, like we talked about from the start, I mean that was a great way, for a great way for that senior class to end, and a great way for you to kind of take that senior class, right, and what they, I mean, probably taught you a lot of how they operated that season and to get it going, right? You probably learned a lot of life lessons. So.
1: Sal, they, they, they taught us what what right looked like, and they, they pushed all of us to work harder. They pushed me to work harder. They pushed Andrew Rodriguez to work harder. They pushed Steve Erzinger to work harder. They pushed Brad Kelly to work harder. Austin Barr, Josh Jones, Max Jenkins. Like, I, I, I'm sure I'm, I know i Antoine Aaron, Jordan Pleasants, Brogan Carnes, Robert Kappa. Like, all my teammates, like, Chad Littlejohn, Bill Prosko. I think because now, now you're going to be self-conscious, you forgot one of them. But, like, <laughs> literally, um, you know, they they had a standard of excellence. They wanted to do great things. And um, we had to keep up. And we had to we had to work hard and, and be a part of it. And guys like um Urs and Arod, um, you know, Brad A B, like they they had those contributions and you know, we're we all were a part of it. But um yeah, it was uh, it was special because they taught they taught leadership stuff, you know, and you know, ers had his own leadership style, Arod has his his own leadership style, Max had his own, and um that that class before us and even one before us that like it was it was special, it was cool. Really cool. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. rambling, but it's just taking me back memory lane. So I can't help it. I'm there sorry. we go. Yeah, there we go.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at the, just some of the talent that passed through West Point at that point. I mean, there there were talented players, and there were teams that were just on the cusp of, like that 2010 team had it happen for them. There were teams that just were on the cusp of making something happen there. And it, was, it it's been it's been great to catch up with you, Justin. We really appreciate your time. Um, We'll be following you in the Falcons uh, down the road. You know, we got to see what you, we're going to be watching like the draft boards now for the Falcons, right. Coming up in the next few months. So seeing, oh. seeing who you guys are, who you guys take and stuff. We'll keep yes. an eye on that.
1: Oh, no. Uh, uh, thanks for having me on Sal. It Really. It was, it was a treat to be on here. Uh, certainly missing Steve. Cause you know, that's, that's the real entertainment in the show. That's, that's, that's who folks out there to listen. Um, it was fun. You and I got a chance to talk, but uh, no, really thanks. It, it was a treat. And, um, you know, best luck to you guys, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be more, way better guests coming here uh, after me. That's for sure. So,
0: <laughs> absolutely not. This was one of our best podcasts. Just the in depth about your journey, and we really appreciate your time, Justin, and all the best to you with the Falcons.
1: Oh, thanks, Sal. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Black Knight Nation podcast with your host Sal Interdonato. For more information on your Army Black Knights visit blacknightnation.com